Welcome one, welcome all to episode 196 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, September 23rd, 2023. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, we are still reeling after the massive Xbox leak that occurred earlier this week, showcasing new hardware and a roadmap all the way to 2030. The Tokyo Game Show has brought some expected Xbox announcements, and of course, we have review impressions of Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Liberty, goodness. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better, but first, how are you, my friend? I am. It's been a heck of a week. I'm doing pretty good, though. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Um, lots of stuff going on personal life mm-hmm. that uh, I'm, I was also having to deal with, but also looking forward to. So just a lot of stuff going on. It's been a busy week, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can Wait. totally echo that. I my, my you know, you, as you know, and I think <laughs> our, our more avid listeners know my my schedule has also been extremely packed. Very little time for games as I. Um, I have a lot of responsibilities at the school I work at, uh, plus coaching takes me deep into the evening, but my, my boys got their first win. Um, nice. I continue to have amazing students, which is cool. Cause if I'm missing out on like my game time, it's nice to like see the benefits and be around the great kids and, and, and stuff. My wife has been sick for over a week now, and that's been a really big strain on our family as well. But a lot of people have been Oof. helpful. Um, and I mean, helpful is like some people came over to the house and helped with my dog. Other people giving me links to the, to the news stories that I would miss. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had our community has been really supportive in all these ways. So it's been really neat, I guess you'd say to be yeah. so busy and know that everything was going to be okay. Even with my stuff. Going on. That's a nice feeling. It's going to be all yeah, right. right. <laughs> Let's not get a copyright strike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's confusing oh. my voice for anyone that actually has. <laughs> <Me neither>. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, man. Me neither. Well, dude, uh, I have several words of kindness, and I'm really excited to to share with them. But uh, I wonder if you yeah. wouldn't mind uh, throwing a spotlight on your people that have made your gaming week better, dude. Uh, I, I, you, we were just talking about it before we started recording because I was, a, I, I wake up pretty, pretty early before we we actually jump on since this is recorded pretty early. So I was like still kind of foggy headed, and I'm still trying to gather my thoughts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, I, was like, I don't really know how I should do it, and then. You're immediately like, oh yeah, we should, uh, we should definitely, uh, I mean, you did the PS trophy room with Joe, but we've been giving him a lot of love and I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, we probably shouldn't be giving him that much love. Um, mm-hmm. but I did really appreciate getting to do that. I really appreciated you first, uh, for, for a getting me, um, access to cyberpunk phantom Liberty, mm-hmm. but also the emergency recording that we got to do earlier this week to talk about like the Xbox leak. Like that was really cool. Um, uh, but I, I wanted to real quick for our audio listeners. Oh yeah. 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 That is a YouTube specific uh, show just based on on how it went up. So if you're an audio listener and you'd like to hear our reactions like on the day of that massive leak, we would love for you to go check that out. That's yeah, that's a good thing to point out, too, because we probably won't be talking about it much here. 
uh, mm-hmm. since we've we already kind of covered most of that. So definitely, if you're if you're vis- or if you're audio listener, definitely go to the YouTube for that one because uh, we we talked a lot about it the day of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to thank uh, uh, Butch because uh, last night um, we'd been kind of like talking. Yeah, Butch4969, one of our patrons, um, who is uh, in the Discord with us. We uh, had been planning like a State of Decay playthrough, right? Kind of working on State of Decay because I wanted to jump into it for a long time. Mm -hmm. But no one ever is like willing to kind of like jump. Well, a lot of folks are willing to, but no one's committing to jumping in on playing like a a campaign run with me, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I was planning to do that with him. And uh, Ryotsuka uh, is, is or Clint Coombs, I, yeah. I guess would be a better way to, to Clint Coombs was in, in um, our one of our patrons as well. And we jumped on last night and dude, it was so crazy. We were just kind of working through the trial, like the first little bits, you know, and the, the opening things and kind of like seeing like, OK, what's changed from when uh, Bush had been playing compared to like, what am I noticing now and stuff? And we were having a really good time with it. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally shot a flare in the game which is the the call for help and i didn't realize it and i was like oh oh well (laughs) Mm -hmm. no big deal and then out of nowhere these two super high level people that have had like over 15 days played just popped into my camp and then just started like noticing what was going on they're like oh my god he must have done this on accident Mm-hmm. they got a car they loaded the cars up with high-end gear they mm-hmm. drove me around we took out all the play carts in the entire map within like an hour and a half's time they like they just started throwing gear at me and, mm-hmm. and butch and i was like oh my god this is awesome is and it awesome. reminds me of the exact same community that happens with fallout 76 dude like when you land in fallout 76 and you're a fresh player you just out of the vault mm-hmm. high level people like in their thousands just appear in front of you and then just start dropping stuff in front of you and shooting the ground telling you to like take it right mm-hmm. and it's this community of like boost the the new people give them a fighting chance to understand how deep this game is because if you don't they're going to be so bummed out they're going to be so unhappy with how the game is because it's so complex Mm -hmm. five years after launch you know and we'll talk about it with sea of thieves this episode probably because there's a very similar uh notion that I, I did not expect it was State of Decay. So shout out to Butch. Shout out to the high-end level people that uh, who, who came out of nowhere when I accidentally hit a button <laughs> thinking it was just like a mission. Mm-hmm. And it was like a call for help and people just appeared out of nowhere. It was fantastic. That is awesome. And, and State of Decay is, to me, is one of my favorite games of all time. State of Decay is one and two. Like, they're in my... Yeah. I guess top 20 or I think of them as one thing because State of Decay 2 now includes one if you know where to look. Um, I love (laughs) State of Decay 2. Like it is just such a special game to me and you can have some really cool dynamic moments uh, Mm -hmm. in there. And so I'm really glad you got to have that experience. I'm jealous, um, but I was zonked out of sleep at 6 p.m. last night. So I I don't blame you. I had a I had a tooth extraction this Thursday, and I've been like in and out of a of a comatose state thanks to mm-hmm. the uh, all the meds that I've been taking mm-hmm. uh, post op. And yeah, so like I I I told him I was like, all right, let's do. It. But then like I passed out for like an hour, and I woke up, and I was like, oh, I hope Butch, and and then we're still like okay with this. And and mm-hmm. shout out to Clint who wanted to join but ended up not being able to. So we'll we'll have to get back in there and do another sash. 
Yeah. Oh, that game's so much fun. I'm 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 excited you got to have that experience because uh I can remember Kevin and I driving around at night uh when the zombies are more vicious. It was very much like the walking dead because we were both driving our cars, you have the headlights and then the yeah. darkness, and then there's zombies out there. It was it's so so much fun. Dude, taking out the plague hearts reminded me of like clearing out a vampire nest in Redfall. And I was like, this feels like a, a, just a very different version of Redfall at this point. Like, it's a, a lot more... A, uh, a working, great version of Redfall. Like, the formula is there. The formula is there that you that you could see would be awesome if Redfall went more in a State of Decay action. Correct. Like, if they if they had a little bit more of that. The only thing that State of Decay is, is hurting me for is... Um, the realistic nature of people having like getting tired. I'm not used to that with games. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Oh crap, this person has my favorite loadout, but they're tired. So I it can't. is a survival game. Yeah. It is a survival community management game, but it's, yeah. it's truly the walking dead. So that's cool. I'm glad you got to have that experience. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good, man. I'm, I'm definitely happy. And, and shout out to a uh, uh, Wasu or, or Wa Washu. I think it's the, the studio in, in England that's working on, updates for state of decay two while mm -hmm. undead labs is currently working on state of decay three yeah yeah no they, they've done some good stuff there they just did the curveball update which i know we talked about briefly yeah. on our last official episode um so that's that's really dope man that's really really cool i'm trying yeah. to find out how many hours i have in state of decay two but it's not let me pull it up <laughs> right now because i just love that game that's um, funny will you do I'll, the if you want to do the uh the um patreon shout pitch I'll, I'll see if I can find your, uh, your numbers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Before, before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Todd Oxtra. He was my oh, words yeah. of kindness for this week. Um, Todd unbeknownst to me, he and I are both Babylon five fans as are you. Uh, but yeah. he sent me the new Babylon five movie courtesy of secret friends unite, uh, his podcast and Patreon and, and discord That's community. Cool. Um, I'm really excited to watch it. I'm almost done watching season five cause I, I'm on a rewatch. Um, so he sent me that cause we're going to do a podcast together on Babylon five. Um, Nice. In, if you ask um and i then would definitely me, pop in for a couple i haven't me, watched it in forever though it's good he sent me robotech battle cry for the original xbox and a really cool secret friends unite keychain so what? it was a surprise and a rough week so i was really appreciative of that um for are sure. you into robotech no i don't know why i got it and i'm anxious to find <laughs> out like i'm Dude, i'm robotech and, and original Xbox. And I think that's yeah. probably why um, uh, I'm anxious to like pick his brain, but I've just been so swamped. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to uh, community member trickster who I know is big and keel hauled and supported. Yep. Uh, when we announced that we are giving away all the Patreon funds for the month of September, um, he upped his pledge. He went up to tier two, which was really, really cool. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. And that now puts our community at donating. And I don't mind saying this at all. Um, donating $158 right now to extra life. Um, if anyone's willing to support uh, XCP over on Patreon, all the funds for the month of September are going to extra life. I'd love us to get to 175, which would be a really cool number to like a nice round number to give. Uh, to extra life um, and I take no offense if you want to do that and then cancel or if you're donating somewhere else rock on um, but it's just it's kind of like our way of, of doing extra life without doing like a specific fundraising drive um, and and I'll be doing that donating that to uh, some of our sister shows that are doing actual fundraising campaigns so that's uh that's my plan for XCP support of, of extra life and I'm grateful to any of you um, you've accessed any of the special content that we do um, that kind of stuff. So we just appreciate you. 
And speaking of good, sir, I want to go ahead and make our tier two and three shout outs. Of course, we appreciate you guys for supporting XCP at patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass. You help keep the lights on and the content coming, uh, especially as I'm going to have to hit some Zencaster monies uh, in November. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, the shout outs for tier two and three are Trickster, Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cypher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606. Randolph or 19, Silkenet, Rick Gaffney, African, aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero and Dano12. Thank you guys for supporting XCP. Uh, and by default this month, Extra Life, we are grateful and appreciative of you. Uh, as I, I, I stole from another show uh, of people that I love, it uh, it's always appreciated and never expected. And we appreciate you guys. So, uh, Logan, I... I have we have a lot to get into despite the massive Xbox leak this week, and I do encourage people to go check out that particular episode on audio. We had since then the Tokyo Game Show took place, and Xbox had an expected but impressive showcase for what was expected, mind you. Uh, Unity has a, we have a few updates to the Unity story, but nothing substantial enough that I'm like, yay, they fixed it. Uh, we talked briefly about the Xbox Game Pass Core lineup that's now in full swing, which is doing doing well uh cyberpunk phantom liberty you have played through phantom liberty did you complete phantom liberty i did that's what i thought really good reviews there abk is about complete finally season 10 of sea of thieves is going to bring with it pve comma asterisk maybe uh and forza motorsport goes gold all that plus embracers doing doing crazy stuff man i think i think we should start off with the tokyo game show uh, mm-hmm. which took place this past week. Lots of neat stuff going on there. Um, but I was not surprised by any of the announcements that came from it. Uh, I, I don't oh, know really? if you were. Yeah, yeah. You were? Things. Yeah, there are a couple okay. things I was not expecting. So yeah, definitely happy. So the showcase, um, some good re- recaps out there. Uh, we saw some good things come to Game Pass, some games that I think are, to me, very expected now to see the... Uh, we the partnership between yakuza the yakuza franchise and xbox and game pass i love seeing that continue to strengthen that stuff mm-hmm. was on display there with like a dragon gaiden and like a dragon ishin uh both announced there i thought that was pretty cool even though i have no interest in that how did you feel i i thought this was really awesome um okay. like a dragon has yakuza in general has done so well on xbox uh mm-hmm. i know that all the stuff is available through like ps plus as well too but uh having the like a dragon games like come to xbox through game pass uh just shows that they're willing to support you know the japanese developed titles but bring good titles to game pass as well so i was just really stoked to see that that's going to continue on uh especially if fans are already like kind of integrated into the into the eco or into the franchise now they're kind of like familiar with it and stuff and seeing that continue on it's like oh cool you get to actually like continue playing with this world with this franchise and you don't have to you're not going to miss out on it you know and there's that was it was a that was kind of like 
the big theme for this Tokyo Game Show was just like, hey, these are franchises that we don't want you to miss out on because they're on other hardware that you don't have. And I, I appreciate the heck out of that. Uh, I do too. I think it's neat to see. And I think I've said this a lot in a couple of different places over the past few years because XCP started in 2019. Um, wow. It started in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, we're approaching episode 200. And that's also cool. Uh, but XCP started then. And in that time, I feel like I've regularly used a phrase like you can see the progress Xbox is making in Japan or the efforts yeah. that they're making to build relationships. And none to me more impressive than the relationship they built with Sega. Um, yes. And I think that's really nice to see specifically, you know, atlas and the jrpgs that that sega kind of bumps into by way of, of their uh branding and i i like that yakuza is now synonymous with xbox uh and mm -hmm. game pass and that's that can happen without coming at the expense of playstation gamers or anyone's experience but i think it's yeah. really neat uh it, it's really neat because i thought that was going to happen with final fantasy and we saw that not happening. And until recently, there was no no hope of a rekindled relationship. Um, yeah. so it's nice to see Square Enix and, and Xbox getting along quite well again. But I was cool. I was just happy to see that the Yakuza relationship continues next to some of the other cool announcements to include some Square Enix stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I was I don't know about you, but I was actually really surprised by uh, Octopath Traveler 2. Ace Attorney Trilogy mm -hmm. and uh, Pal World. All mm -hmm. three of those were kind of like my big uh, surprises for the game show. Like I, I saw those and I was just like, oh my God, they're actually they're actually bringing Ace Attorney Trilogy to, to Xbox and they're actually bringing it to Game Pass, no less. Mm -hmm. uh, which, and they're bringing it like this week. <laughs> yeah. I was really surprised. So for those that don't know, like Ace Attorney Trilogy has been available on the Switch for a while. Like it's mm -hmm. and it's a, a great game. It's a great series of games that are are actually really big in Japan. They're actually really big on Nintendo. Uh, it's going all the way back to like the 3DS era. And it's just been one of those like kind of sectioned off things. So seeing like Xbox put in the effort to take franchises that are really popular on switch which is like number one in japan and start to bring those over mm -hmm. uh is is amazing it's fantastic to see that they're doing that because it shows that they're looking at what uh nintendo is doing and what nintendo is like garnering as far as like trust with other studios and they're going out to those studios and saying like hey can we have a piece of this for mm -hmm. our community and they're like, yeah, sure, we'll take the bag of money. That's easy. So everyone, if you if you've ever like been interested in, you know, like uh, shows that are, are, are like courtroom shows uh, ever, ever liked to try and like investigate mysteries and, and try and f uncover secrets and stuff. If you've ever liked that detective type of story. Um, Ace Attorney is a, is a fantastic franchise for that, mm -hmm. that Xbox fans will finally get some access to. Uh, on the 26th of September. So really happy to see that. Um, there's also Octopath well, Traveler 2. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I thought Octopath Traveler 2 was meant, worth calling out. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, that one is, is you know, obviously another one that was launching on Switch. Uh, the original and the sequel both launched on Switch. The 2.5D design there is absolutely beautiful. Octopath Traveler 
uh, two follows suit with having the eight different paths that you can uh, uh, go through with your characters. Um, really, really stand out performance with uh, uh with like the the script and the the actual story that they're telling um done a fantastic job on switch and another square enix title that you know honestly like if we're not getting final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. uh which looks to be like locked down through contracts indefinitely at this point uh i'm just glad that octopath traveler 2 is finally making its way to xbox given that the first one was launched on xbox as well so just glad to see that. Um, so that's coming out to Xbox uh, One, the series, as well as PC uh, for for access there. And then the the other one that I wanted to shout out real quick, and I I want to actually talk about Fallout seventy six more, but I don't know if that's if that's going to be justified. But Pal World is Pokemon with guns, mm-hmm. and that has been super big on PC. Like that has been really really. It's been out for a bit. But it's been really popular on on PC. Um, there's a, a light MMO that's kind of taking over the uh, the PC like kind of fandom right now. But Power World is a solid game. A lot of folks really enjoy it. It's done really really well. If you like Pokemon, but you don't um, you don't currently have a Switch, or you're not currently happy with the way Pokemon has been because of like graphics or like storytelling or a release cadence and stuff like they're just now getting their expansions uh for for the latest uh, generation mm-hmm. we probably won't see a new generation till next year if mm-hmm. uh this is going to be a good alternative it's like a little bit of um monster hunter with like pokemon style but like 4k pokemon combat. Yeah, guns. third person con. You get guns, you get pets, mm-hmm. you get to capture animals, you get to go on hunts and stuff like that. It's it's a really good game. Uh and if you if you like anything like Pokemon or or Monster Hunter, this is one you'll you'll probably get a good kick out of. So if you haven't been playing it on PC already. It's neat to me because as Xbox is making itself become the home of RPGs, uh you know, through through Obsidian, through yeah. In Exile, through Bethesda and such. This to me is a very easy transition for those fans, right? When you're yeah. done with with some of these bigger RPGs, you've got this world to inhabit, um, and I like that. You know, Final Fantasy fourteen there exists in kind of that that online MMO space. Oh yeah, we're getting Warcraft that too. Is, yep, Warcraft's <laughs> coming in. Like Xbox is now a place where games like Pal World can exist and gamers can have access to them, and I think that's really neat as well. Um, yeah. Did you catch the Hotel Barcelona announcement? uh that's the game that kind of looks like a like a shadow complex like a uh last case of benedict fox type game where suda 51 is involved with someone named swery 65 who i have no idea who that is yeah but i've never understood suda 51's popularity despite enjoying some of his games but it's It's... neat to see this coming yeah it's so weird dude i i'm glad suda's jumping into dude the dude is just eccentric like he's just he he's doing he's doing like the um the cool nerd thing Mm -hmm. which you don't really get to see like a whole off whole lot of you know in japan you can definitely get away with that that Mm -hmm. idol kind of thing but uh yeah i was i was really surprised that uh sweary 65 and suda 51 were coming together to work on this uh it's cool to see random collabs like this get together. Um, but yeah, it, we got weird stuff like this pop out where I was just like, okay. I mean, it looks awesome. 
I, I just didn't expect this to do it. But I'm glad Suda's stepping out of his comfort zone and not just kind of relying on no more heroes mm-hmm. uh, for for like checking out or working on different games and stuff. And this is probably like the interview with him was probably the most kind of toned down I think I've ever seen him in an interview he's like sitting there like like looking like a normal human being Mm -hmm. kind of doing his thing uh some other stuff I want to call out that I thought was neat the the Elder Scrolls Online is getting Japanese localization I think that's a big deal that's really cool that's Um, crazy we saw Exoprimal 2 or Exoprimal Season 2 get Mm. announced um I love Exoprimal but that's not a game I'm going back to um, despite my enjoyment of it, it's too too crowded. We talked about that before. Yeah. Um, I was excited to see that Ori uh, is making his way into another game, although it's Party Animals, which is not my kind of game. Yeah, um, and in truth, a lot of TGS is not my kind of stuff, right? But it's mm-hmm. still really exciting to see that Ori is living on. I love when studios do crossovers. I think it's really important to the health of the gaming industry for that to happen. So uh, I thought that was a neat thing to happen. Yeah, it was it was cool. To, it's kind of like when you see, um, I don't know, like Call of Duty's getting like uh, Lilith and uh, I'm blanking on his name, but the angel from Diablo Four is operators, oh, cool. or like uh, they're getting um, Alucard from Helsing, the anime, which mm-hmm. is really random and out of nowhere. But they're also getting like Spawn and Skeletor. This is in the same line. It's Call like, of Duty's getting Spawn. Yes, Call of Duty's getting spawned, and they're getting a spawn-themed operator that that is kind of like it's not actually spawned, but it looks like it's heavily influenced. Like a like a dude had a really really big fandom, and he did all his gear that looks like spawn. Interesting. Uh, is that coming yeah. to Modern Warfare Three or yeah. Warzone? Uh, that's oh, that's a good question. That's I don't actually know that because I don't plan um, on going back to to COD until Modern Warfare Three. Uh, no, it's it's coming to Warzone. Um, Warzone. I'd get back into Warzone. I'd play some Warzone. I like DMZ a lot too. Um, but I just love Fortnite so much for my battle royale. But that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, season spawn. season six, I think, is uh getting spawn uh um Lilith and I can't remember her husband's name. It's killing uh, me. I should know. No one that. cares. Let's just point out the fact that those are uh those are Xbox first party studios now. Um, <laughs> we should all just take that to the bank. There's no way anything weird could pop up in the ABK deal to derail it at all. No, they're also getting the violator too. Oh, that's so cool. God, that's dope. Um, yeah. I do want to say before we kind of close out our TGS stuff, I did think it was cool to see Phil Spencer talking so much about relationships in Japan. Um, and people mm. asked him, I think it was game watch. Uh, that's a, it's a website that, that, that interviewed Phil um, asked him about if we were going to see more AAA titles from Japan for Xbox, uh, and kind of in the vein of Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon. And essentially, Phil said yes, but he cited like you know we did that with Hi-Fi Rush because Tango Game Works, right? Uh, we have games that are maybe not as big as Blue Dragon, but that are on the way from different levels of Xbox, um, yeah. first and third party. I think that's really good and important. Um, I will be curious to watch Xbox in Japan as cloud is less emphasized by Microsoft. They didn't put much into cloud um, and their handheld. They've allowed the ROG Ally and the Steam Deck and a few others to kind of be their handheld, which I think is the exact way to do it. But it'll be interesting to watch how Microsoft handles the Asian markets. Will they be pushing hardware or subscription to an area where mobile is so prominent and Internet is so fast? So I mean, just just something to watch. Something interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm expecting them to lean heavily on the third-party manufacturers for the handheld space because like you can have your switch and that'd be good but then you can have another handheld that covers like playstation xbox stuff like that the, th- mm-hmm. the big difference i think that's going to make it uh, make an impact in japan though is that you can subscribe to game pass with a rog ally mm-hmm. and not have to have like you you can have like a logitech g cloud and access G- xbox ecosystem without having to have the hardware Mm-hmm. It's something you can't do on Sony's side right now. Right. And I think that's a big difference between like getting, giving access through cloud streaming. Like that's a big thing. I think with, uh, with more Starfield level quality games, mm-hmm. more people will realize that because PlayStation and Nintendo have gotten away with, in my opinion, being less consumer friendly in a lot yeah. of avenues because their IP have been so strong. If Hi-Fi Rush and uh, Starfield are any indications of the quality that we're going to get coming out of Xbox, in addition to what's already there, because a lot of people don't realize what's already there, um, if these newer IP, bigger hits do hit with cadence, people will start waking up to realize the stuff that Microsoft is offering. And the early adopters that have been stacking things like Game Pass or already experiencing what smart delivery is or or um, you know, taking advantage of ROG allies and such. I think that'll be neat to watch, to, to see people kind of, I don't know if the waking up to Xbox is the right term, but there's a lot that Microsoft does well that mm-hmm. people don't realize, or that maybe Sony doesn't do as well. But you gotta have games to bring people <laughs> in. You have to have games to bring people in. We saw- Yeah, you really huge, do. Huge bumps in hardware sales uh, and when Starfield launched. Yeah, that's true. That should be the reaction, right? I mean, uh, 10 million, 10 million players yeah. for Starfield within the first month is, is awesome. Like that's Less, a, yeah, the first two weeks. Yeah. It's a for, big deal, man. Mm-hmm. Like deserved, I would argue deserved because I'm, I'm loving Starfield. That's my game of the year now. And I've talked mm. about this in cast co-op and in other places, yeah. but like it's my game of the year and it's the most eight out of 10 game of the year because it Folks. is flawed it doesn't it is not perfect it is uh is in need of some cleaning up here and there um which i think leads us to phantom liberty in my mind like i look Mm -hmm. at phantom liberty as a game that uh or cyberpunk itself as a game that launched terribly i do not agree with people that say it had a good launch do not agree with people that say it was um no great at launch i i think there's the difference though let me finish all right i'm sorry i I do not agree with people that supported its launch for a myriad of reasons but when when cdpr hit that i think it was the 1.5 update and then the 1.6 update and now the 2.0 update that you've been experiencing plus phantom liberty like it's a real turnaround well i don't think it's a one-to-one comparison i absolutely think that starfield and its beginning is great and Starfield years from now will be something that I can't even predict. It'd just be that impressive. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, what were you going to say? No, it doesn't matter. Um, no, it no. matters, darling. Tell me. I, I feel so bad. I was going to say that I was thinking that you were kind of speaking to Ains and, and his, and his impressions of cyberpunk, which I wanted to defend. But then I realized like, no, there were people that said that Cyberpunk had a great launch. And I don't think that Cyberpunk 
had a great launch. Mm-hmm. I think Cyberpunk was a great game as a game mm-hmm. at launch. Like they they did not they did not uh deliver on the promises that they made as far as a finished game. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think that the game that was there with all of its flaws is still a very great game. Like it is still a top-notch game. If you could if you could stomach the the issues that that it had which still has a lot of those issues believe it or not like there's still a lot of technical issues with phantom liberty um but if you can if you can look past those as to what is actually going on there like that's a i'll I'll, we'll talk we'll talk about it but yeah well i I will say um as kind of the lead-in true the true lead-in to our discussion on cyberpunk 2.0 um i'm so pleased that i experienced it at 1.6 that mm. I recommend Cyberpunk to everybody, even people like myself who are not standard RPG players, right? Yeah. I still felt immersed into that world. I love Cyberpunk 2077 because the experience I had was just so unique. And I think it's uh, very telling to where games can go. And it makes me sad knowing that they're abandoning the red engine. It makes me happy knowing they're going to Unreal 5. Um mm but I'm really curious to hear about your impressions because we were fortunate enough to be clear. We got codes early. You've yeah. been able to put time in and finish Phantom Liberty. Um, I'm well over 150 hours in standard cyberpunk and haven't picked it up since I put it down. Um, that's a dumb statement. Haven't picked it up since my playthrough, right? Like I have not yeah. returned. I don't go back. Like I did a bunch of achievements and I was done. Um, so Phantom Liberty is different than cyberpunk 2.0 and we can't show footage of your B roll yet when we launch this episode so your b-roll is going to come in the next one but would you like to talk about cyberpunk 2.0 or would you like to talk about phantom liberty first i would uh probably 2.0 because i think that's the thing that folks are going to have access to right now Um, okay so let me let me me guide you in a little bit of this so you're not yes so 2.0 for any listener that's unfamiliar is almost a complete redesign uh, of a lot of the the skill systems and a lot of the experiences that you're going to have as a as a player in the world of cyberpunk uh, and it takes a lot of the evolutions that have come and the lessons that have been there now logan did you boot up your original save to experience kind of this new cyberpunk 2077 or did you start a new character i did both okay. uh, i started up a, a new character um to kind of see like what it was like to kind of like kick things off mm-hmm. and then after I put in about 10 hours into like that playthrough, mm-hmm. then I switched over uh, due to time constraints onto my main save um, so that I could go work on Phantom Liberty. Did you find it easy to do? Uh, so if we have people that are experienced and people that uh, are new, did you find it easy to, to do both or would you recommend one or the other? I would recommend um, if you've if you've never... If you have a character that you haven't touched in a long time um, and you're not quite sure like what your what your play style is, like you like to kind of mix between the two, I'd, I'd probably start out with a new save. Um, nothing that came in with 2.0, I would say, is outside of a uh, outside of the, the norm. If you're willing to sit down and like take 10 minutes to look at the talent trees uh think about like what your spec was and what you want to get back to because i was able to because before um before the the 2.0 i was running a net runner uh that had about 140 hours on that one playthrough 
um not just for that one character because I've, mm-hmm. I've i think i've got like three running right now well four technically now mm-hmm. uh so my main playthrough i had 140 hours as a net runner i knew exactly how that character was going to play uh so when i went into like that character everything had reset and i wanted to make sure that i i worked on that so i spent about 10 minutes sitting down reading each talent looking for the trees that i needed looking Mm -hmm. for the 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 attributes that i needed to pump points into because it's all it's all tiered now uh now you have to actually like open up enough points um to to uh expand the tree like if uh like if you played immortals of avium um you had to put a certain number of points into different magic talents to be able to unlock new uh or more progression within the talent tree that you were currently working on similar thing here like if you if you want to progress to the higher levels of of skills or talents in one uh perk then or one attribute then you have to put put like nine points in and then 15 points in and then 20 points in Mm -hmm. so it'll take a little while um to kind of read over and and kind of plot out like your thing they're very generous uh with the 2.0 they give you a, a complete reset of your of your attribute points so you can put in you know all the points that you want into whatever tree you will because of those those uh gates mm-hmm. but you can use your perk points which is what you use to to purchase uh, abilities within an attribute you can refund those free anytime you don't you're not locked in you don't have to reset you don't gotta gotta talk to anyone if something's not working you can pull a point here and put it in somewhere else and really experiment with your build um so this implies that if i do have a lot of time logan i'm not gonna be frustrated by losing progress no no you can you can jump into your old save uh, it's gonna take a little reading to kind of find the stuff that you'd liked before mm-hmm. 2.0 because it's it, it's it's all there and they did a really great job of building out other builds so you may you may be reading some of the other talent points and think like ah you know like it's not quite what i had before but there's a way to get back to what you had like mm-hmm. i am a beast of a of a net runner now mm-hmm. even more so than i was before and i actually really love the 2.0 update because i feel more active in my net running and it's it's gross it's absolutely gross like i just don't die <laughs> at this point nice. um the other thing that you want to be aware of too is all of the gear that you had is all just cosmetics now so like mm-hmm. anything that you were wearing that was like stat based it's all just it's all just looks um okay. there's some pieces that have like 25 armor on it but that's not the point of it mm-hmm. the stuff that you put in when you went to go talk to a ripper doc the one or two times that you probably had to do it Mm -hmm. that is now how you deal with all of your gear stats so you've got cyberware which you talk to your ripper doctor about right and you Mm -hmm. can you can buy new uh, pieces of cyberware that are geared towards the stats you're looking for and you can upgrade those individual pieces with different components that you can craft that's all worked out now it's a lot nicer Mm -hmm. uh and you can expand how much you can actually wear at one time as well too and then on the other side you've got all of your cosmetics so anything that you've collected over the years that just looks cool you can now wear separately there's loadouts so that if you have different looks for different times if you want to look like a certain way or you get bored of it you can save your outfits and wear them whenever you want Mm -hmm. which is really cool um and they've just uh, they've they've split up 
the cool aspect of cyberpunk, which is looking like a badass mm-hmm. compared to what are the stats that I want to put in to support the talents that I've picked for the build that I'm going for. Gotcha. That's, that's encouraging to hear because I cannot stand in any video game where I have the stats and I'm tough, but I look silly. Right. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, the 1.5 or 6 update did let you transmog so you yep. could look a certain way. Um, but at this this sounds like it's smoother. Now, I'm curious, did you have a lot of ch- uh, chance in your gameplay, either in Phantom Liberty or 2.0, to do any of the new driving combat or use the new vehicles? I did, yeah. So uh, in in 2.0, um, actually, I think it's it might be Phantom Liberty. I'd have to double check on that. But with uh, with the updates, there are two new kind of recurring events that you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is an uh, in, uh, in and an AV will actually fly over and they'll drop a supply drop that will have a flare, a red flare that will pop up. Mm-hmm. And if you go to that location, there will be enemies there kind of trying to hack into it to get the supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you kill all of them, you can go in, you can get the supply drop. Um, that typically happens only in Dogtown, though. The other one is... Uh, Dogtown is the Phantom Liberty specific. Yeah, zone. Dogtown yeah. is specific to Phantom Liberty. It's part of Pacifica, but it is a walled-off, segregated area. So that is all uh, Phantom Liberty zone that you have to buy into. The other one is um, driving vehicles for uh, uh, the Captain, as I call them. And uh, that's where you you see a lot of that that combat vehicle combat come in, and each of the different trees in 2.0, the different attributes have perks in them at low levels that you can buy into that will either like increase your vehicle health, uh, uh, increase your vehicle damage, um, give you the ability to use like the Sandusky uh, attribute which slows down time if you're going that build. There's different ways to kind of unlock. Um, how well vehicle combat works Mm -hmm. i don't really i don't really like the vehicle combat i think the thing that really changed it for me was when i unlocked the perk that allowed me to use um quick hacks on cars so i can make cars stop i can make cars go i can make cars explode i can take over cars uh but all of that is a caveat to the fact that when you were just driving in the world if you get attacked um you still have to drive your car. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with my left and right trigger, gassing and, and braking while trying to steer, while also trying to move the camera behind me to see like the car that's chasing me. Mm-hmm. And then I have to use the left bumper and the right bumper for my aim and shoot. Hmm. So I'm like using every finger finger I can possibly use to try and like drive while not running into other cars or trampling over people mm-hmm. and shooting behind me. And it mm. is, it is a lot. And I really wish that there was a way you could like auto drive mm-hmm. while you that, actually fought. That sounds, that does sound strange. Cause there've been, I've been, I've played a number of games where car combat was fantastic, right? Like rage yeah. two had good car combat Arkham had good car combat in the tank and and driving around. Um, those just jump into my mind. But what you're describing reminds me of in Starfield when I, the weapons are in the wrong trigger spots. And like I want yeah. special weapons on like I, I have to press Y for a certain weapon, but I'd rather be pulling a trigger, but I don't you can't switch them. The controls for it. 
uh, and then it, it makes combat in space you, difficult. I think you can. We'll have to talk, talk after. Yeah, talk to me after because I'm okay. I have one ship that I don't like. White Star Three is a real pain in the ass. To fight, <laughs> is all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's so, it's cool though, right? Because then the car combat can lead to police encounters if you do it wrong. Yeah, if you're yeah if you're running over some pedestrians because you're trying to drive and attack another car, um, you can definitely trample enough people to start getting uh to start getting like enough police warrants on you, mm-hmm. and it's a five star system. Um, you get five stars, you get max tech, uh, which are they're tough. Uh, okay. but you know when you have 150 some hours into a character and you're legendaryed out, um, you just gotta not get hit. Or if you mm-hmm. do got to get hit, you, like Luke, there was a point where I was, uh, I accidentally ran over someone as I was going into Dogtown, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a security checkpoint when you go into Dogtown. Well, if you if you start aggroing people like in 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 cops after you've like hit someone and you get into that checkpoint, mm-hmm. you are walled into that checkpoint. They raise the barriers. You aren't getting your car Ooh. out. I had to get out of my vehicle. I had to hack the I had to hack the mechs that were that were gun uh sentries. Yeah. I had to I had to hack the actual turrets. Then I had to start spreading plague through quick hacks like mad boy. I had to overclock my uh cyber deck. I had to start spreading it around. Meanwhile, um that's procking my health regen and Skippy is like auto aiming, like firing on everyone, you know, and I'm just I'm I'm there's a genocidal maniac in the name of V outside Dogtown and it is like racking up uh, uh you know stars, Max Tech mm-hmm. dra- drops in, starts trying to kill me. I'm like hiding behind a barrier like throwing out quick hacks as soon as i can waiting Mm. for the turrets to try and dude i must have murdered at least 50 to 60 people easy in the in like a three minute time span and at the very end of it skippy is like we're switching to pacifist mode and i'm like no 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 no. we're not switching to pacifist mode what are you doing he's like skippy's a talking gun right Skippy's the talking gun yeah he's the ai he's like we're switching over to puppy mode and i'm like can I switch it back? And he's like, no, you psycho go seek help. You are sick. And I'm like, dang it. Skippy, don't do this to me. You're my favorite. Nice. So I was really, there's a whole storyline with Skippy. Actually, I'm not even going to spoil for you, but it's there. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, vehicle combat and max tech are uh, vehicle combat lesser of this uh, thing, and I and I kind of knew that going in because it was like there's no vehicle combat built into normal mm-hmm. cyberpunk. It's all it's all Phantom Liberty based combat combat now too. You can do it like while you're in 2.0, but there's not really a whole lot of instances where you're going to run into it. Um, police is definitely really cool, and Phantom Liberty, uh, there's stuff in Phantom Liberty that synergizes with the new police system Mm -hmm. that i thought is really really smart uh that i that i'm not going to spoil here but it was really really cool that's nice to hear that's nice to hear uh if let's say somebody money or time is keeping them from getting phantom liberty is it worth playing cyberpunk 2077 for 2.0 if they've not played since 1.6 or is it worth just waiting Um, until uh, the situation allows them to play Phantom Liberties proper. If you have a completed game file on Cyberpunk uh, on 1.63, 
and you are like waiting for for 2.0 to come see how it is i would honestly start a new save uh because okay. if you're at the final if you're at the nocturne mission in your main save and you you've already done everything else uh then there's probably not a whole lot there for you for 2.0 um if you want to start over and play through the game with the new talent trees and stuff like that, you'll have a lot more fun. You'll, you know, you'll be working through missions with limited abilities, uh, which will kind of change up the, the play style a little bit. Maybe you can try a different path if you want to, uh, you know, go through different romances and stuff. Um, and that will probably give you more satisfaction than if you, if you can't get Phantom Liberty right away. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's interesting to hear. And um, for someone like me, who's I'm sp I'm enjoying Crew Motorfest. I want to talk about that later towards the back half of the show. Just a little bit more. Um, not done with Cyber or with uh, Starfield. Don't want to be yet either. Yeah. Um, and so do, do I tackle Phantom Liberty or do I jump into Spider-Man and Alan Wake and then do Phantom Liberty? Those are kind of the, the things that I'm battling, as I would imagine a lot of people are through the course of this fall, having to make choices of what to wait on and what not to wait on. Um, it sounds to me like I can wait and still be okay uh, for yeah. Cyberpunk 2.0 and Phantom Liberty itself. Now, specific to Phantom Liberty, uh, this is a game that's sitting at Phantom Liberty itself, mind you, for any listener that's not sure. Open Critic is at a 90, Metacritic's at an 87, GameSpot uh gave it a 10 press start 10 gaming trend 9.5 ign 9 playstation brazil 9 tech raptor 9 pc games and 9 gaming bolt 9 push square 9 uh and, and the numbers continue kind of in that that 8 and 9 territory for all intents and purposes cyberpunk feels to me like it's been redeemed on multiple levels um with the one thing they haven't done is give logan his second expansion uh but they gave you 408 free dlc so it's like whatever logan um phantom liberty the experience begins in the in the cinematic trailers with the president's uh essentially air force one equivalent being shot down and v is called to action whatever that means for your character uh did you feel like you were in it right away did you feel involved oh yeah yeah a hundred percent like as, as soon as you get um as soon as you get into phantom liberty uh they pull you in with a really good carrot on the stick, mm -hmm. um, especially if you've gotten through a majority of the cyberpunk story. And this game stands, uh, like Phantom Liberty stands on its own, but the characters that you start to get involved with right off the bat are going to draw you in. Uh, mm -hmm. in, in. In true kind of espionage fashion, this is a, this is the mixture of a Bond film with a Mission Impossible film. Hmm. It has elements from both different franchises and it executes them beautifully in like a 25 hour campaign. And you just, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. This is probably the closest Idris Elba will get to playing bond in hmm. a not bond role. Uh, interesting that I have, that I I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm so interested to see if that were to ever happen because Idris Elba's presence in this in this expansion is not fleeting by any means. Mm -hmm. He is uh, once he's introduced as uh, Solomon Reed, um, he is 
there. He is present. He is he is with you through a lot of it. There's a lot of conversation that happens with his characters. Each of the different characters that gets introduced is fully fleshed out. They all have characters, personalities, stories to tell. And all of those characters, all of those stories are so relevant to the end because a lot of the choices that V will have to make is dependent on your connection to these different characters. Hmm. And, and I'm, and I genuinely mean like all of them, all of them matter. It's not like, Oh, the president's in trouble. Uh, we have to save the president. We save the president uh, or you don't save the president and that's it. Like, mm -hmm. no, the president's character will impact and influence the rest of the expansion hmm. and the same thing with uh songbird or, or uh so Ming, uh song who is the net runner that was with the president during the time of the attack and she is the one that calls you for aid uh and she does so by being able to hack into the relic mm -hmm. that johnny silverhand is is on and contacting you hmm. through the relic so it is amazingly trippy just to kind of see, like, go through that. Like, that's as much spoiler as I'm going to give you because it's like the first five minutes of Phantom Liberty. Mm -hmm. But, dude, the, the characters in this are standout. The performances are standout. The setting is standout. The storytelling is standout. The, the scores that we're seeing with this are warranted. This is probably one of the best expansions I've ever played and I don't I don't want to talk to anyone about it until they've finished it. Interesting. So we should do an XCP spoiler cast of it in November. I would love to kind of talk about what your choices were because I'm I made my choices. I want to go back and make some different choices to see how mm -hmm. they play out, but I would love to see like how people connected with certain characters and stuff and what What's what it? they did. Jot down some of your thoughts now so that we can do a spoiler cast in November. Yeah. That way we've given ourselves time to digest, get game of the year conversations out of the way. Um, our community can do the same and then we can kind of have that spoiler cast and we'll do what we should do one for Starfield as well. Because mm. um, where I am in Starfield, the, the word Starborn uh, has come up more than once. And so I'm enjoying that and also avoiding that so I can do other stuff. And it's been really uh, neat. Um, so you don't know what unity is yet, do you? Not not in Starfield, no. Ooh, no. That'll be cool. I want to talk to you when you find out what unity is. Sweet. Sweet. I'm at least I don't think I know what unity is. There's a lot to remember in, in Starfield. Yeah. And I play it so sporadically. Like if I have 35 minutes in the morning, I go take down a Crimson Fleet, something or another. Right. If I have an hour <laughs> at night, I go do something different. And it's so um, good like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. But um, so let me ask you this. Final question kind of on Phantom Liberty. Uh is this a game that Phantom Liberty specifically, is this something that people should be putting down Starfield for or holding off on uh, their big RPG experiences or. I, this is a game that you must play if you're if you're a cyberpunk fan, um, okay. if you if you played through cyberpunk and you had a good time with it, you would be doing yourself a disservice not to play this. Okay. If you're if you're having fun with Starfield, though, honestly, like just keep having fun with Starfield. Um, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty will be around. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's a thirty dollar expansion. It's a twenty five hour campaign with um, with there there's stuff afterwards. Like it it doesn't end 
at the credits, like the credits mm-hmm. roll. And the game was like that. Yeah, yeah. It, but I mean, like there's like so there's after you beat the game, you go back to the point right before the the last mission and you can go work on other stuff. In Phantom Liberty, when you beat the campaign for Phantom Liberty, you get dropped back into the world after Phantom Liberty. So you actually get to see like the repercussions uh, and, like and stuff. Yeah. And and you can still go on to complete the final game as well, too. Like you can still go on to complete the Nocturne mission um, to, to, to see the uh, one of the multiple endings of Cyberpunk. But after Phantom Liberty, you still get to see like you still get contact with stuff that's going on in there as well, too, after the uh, the effect. And th- there's some really cool stuff that happens after you roll credits on Phantom Liberty, too. So don't don't just like think that you rolled credits on Phantom Liberty and, and that's it. There's more to be there's more story to be told. And <laughs> some of the story is actually really cool, dude. I kind of wish that, that you could kind of live in. I, I, I can't I can't spoil it. Ah, oh, dang it. I will say is a the, probably the most light spoiler for Cyberpunk Standard. Uh, the stories were so good in Cyberpunk Standard that at one point an off mission and has you end up finding out that an entire political couple has had their political career, career and their lives staged by a nebulous third party, and mm-hmm. you discover it on your own. So if that's if I'm getting more of that quality writing, I'm really fascinated and excited by that, dude. It's 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 there and. With Phantom Liberty, a lot of the stories that you just you just talked about in mm-hmm. standard cyberpunk mm-hmm. have extensions. Oh, that's really cool. And that's kind of the skippy what you were talking about and such. That's mm-hmm. neat to have. That's neat to have. So I'm you're making me very excited to play a game that I knew I wanted to play but never rushed to. Yeah. Uh and I I've been, you know, we we you and I set a rule already that we are going to enjoy video games and not rush and to do something with them. Um, mm-hmm. And that leads me to, to kind of recommenting on Motorfest, if you don't mind. Uh, but I don't give you a chance. Did you, is there anything else on Cyberpunk you wanted to say before I talk about Motorfest for re- briefly? I, I can't spoil Phantom Liberty for anyone. It is uh, probably one of the coolest, because I'm a Bond fan, I'm a Mission Possible fan. Mm-hmm. If, if you like either of those two, Phantom Liberty is, is just that in its own little segregated story that still like has its roots deep within cyberpunk technical issues aside the 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 expansion was absolutely amazing please consider jumping into it if you've in if you've enjoyed any time in cyberpunk at all fantastic i love that i love that um i'm stoked that you should, you should have me excited for it <laughs> i so know good. we talked about uh the crew last week crew motor yeah. fest last week um but i've had a chance to put a bit more time into it uh but i'm not playing it in the way that i play other games where i like i go and i sit down and i play hours at a time this is a game where i go and i play a couple races and jump in and jump out and it has been pure joy uh, i really love the crew motor fest i think it's underrated right mm-hmm. now despite high scores i feel like none of the people are talking about it and a lot of attention in the xbox community will be on fords and motorsport um, which review codes are going out to to certain reviewers next week. Um, by the time you're listening to this, some people probably already have them. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the racing acumen discussion focus will be on Forza Motorsport, as it should be, given the pedigree uh, and given the first-party status of it. But I don't want anybody that enjoys good arcade racing, that enjoys the Forza Horizon series, or is interested in it, maybe if you're on PlayStation, uh, don't sleep, please, on the Crew Motorfest. 
I really love this game. And I was not high on the first two crew titles, despite their quality, because I had Forza Horizon in those times. Um, But Crew Motorfest is special, and I'm really enjoying its nature. Um, The availability of different cars, the availability of different types of races, uh, the ability to switch between boats and motorcycles and planes. Um, I know last week we were, I said boats and uh, I, I know I was self doubt <laughs> of it, but like, I mean, that happens, right? Like if you haven't t- done it recently, but like, yeah, there's so much fun to be had and I'm playing Motorfest in such a casual racing fans mindset. Like it's asked me if I want to up my difficulty and I'm like, no, I'm having a blast winning and going through. And I like that. There's the, the, the did you do the thing that I did where I saw that and it was like, Hey, do you want to up your thing? And I was like, never again never again never again love that because forza (laughs) horizon would badger me to up yeah and and i did not want to because i'm not the guy that like i don't hit the driving line every time i use the walls to steer sometimes right like that's (laughs) that's what makes games like that fun for me yeah uh i love the nitro boost and crew motor fest and so right well i'm excited to play forza motorsport for coverage and for interest of the xbox uh community getting something else to celebrate i i'm going to be playing the crew motor fest for several weeks to come if not through the end of the year in a mm-hmm. casual relaxed state and to me that's far more enjoyable um, yeah so i want to fully encourage every one of our listeners uh that has that is a casual fan or maybe is intimidated by the idea of motorsport please go check out crew motor fest that is money well spent sincerely yeah, yeah. So. I'm, I'm still impressed by how cool that game is i started working on the uh the muscle car playlist okay oh man that's that's a fun that's good times right there i just jump in and around different playlists i just kind of go where the yeah. line takes me that's how casual <laughs> i'm playing at the moment um so cheers to, cheers to the crew motor fest i really appreciate that team and um i think we said it last week but i do want to double that we did get codes for that but I mm-hmm. still argue your money is well spent here. Oh, 100%. Especially if you're a fan of Forza Horizon 5 for its arcadey feel. Um, if you if you want another dopamine hit of that type of game, like pick up the crew. Yeah, fully agree. Fully agree. Now, Logan, uh, on last week's proper episode, not our special edition, but our proper one, we talked about Unity because uh, they really, poof, they had Xbox shoot themselves in the foot by releasing that roadmap. Unity definitely was like, mm, we're going to be jerks and double down on it. Um, it is slowly walking back some things, but not others. It, it kind of continues right now. They've shared a new set of guidelines uh, and currently existing games are not going to be ex- uh, impacted by what they're calling a runtime fee. But they've apologized, but they're not addressing other parts. I don't feel the need to read detail for detail, but I will say that Unity has burned some goodwill and doesn't seem to be taking the steps to win it back with uh, indie or AAA developers here. Yeah, it's really disappointing to see this. Um, I, I honestly, I think they've killed themselves at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's one thing to it's one thing to make a misstep and then backtrack it a hundred percent. The, the the walking back that they're doing right now is like testing the waters to see what they can get away with. Right. And it's just it's just gross. I'm just not I'm not here for it, man. It's a shame that Unity is going through this because at this point, like there are a lot of studios that are like, nope, sorry, I'm not I can't trust you anymore. I'm not going to I'm not going to get burned mm-hmm. by this. 
appreciate the the three months head up, but we're going to be having to restructure how our games are built at this point. Right. Understandably so. Understandably yeah. so. Uh, let's see. Activision Blizzard is nearing its completion as the CMA has offered preliminary approval. This comes kind of in the wake for anyone that has forgotten because we've had so much happen since that they basically gave cloud distribution rights to Ubisoft in the UK specifically. I got to get all the wording right on that one because um, it is kind of weird. And given Microsoft's limited investment in cloud in the past year, I think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm down with it. It strengthens the relationship with, with Ubisoft, which bodes well for the future as Xbox is shaking hands with Square Enix again, continuing to work well with Ubisoft, continuing to work well with Sega. Um, and as Embracer kind of makes its mistakes and is looking into divesting studios, seeing an Xbox strengthening positions in different places is probably wise because acquisitions might be tough post ABK for yeah. big acquisitions. So they might be able to pick up a studio here and there, but not necessarily a publisher. Um, bottom line, I'm glad Activision Blizzard is done. And I'm curious to know if Embracer is impacted or impacts rather Xbox at all, um, because you have to think Sony, Nintendo, Amazon, Epic, everybody with with dollars, Apple uh, is looking at, OK, what what IP can we get out of Embracer? What studios or talent can we get out of Embracer? And I mean, Xbox has a unique relationship as Crystal Dynamics is working on uh, the initiative. Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, and what happens to Tomb Raider, which has a unique relationship with Xbox? It'll just be interesting to watch. But I'm glad ABK is done so we can see kind of the changes that begin to take place because um, that means COD is first party. Um, and they're going to take it from PlayStation, just like they stole Elder Scrolls from PlayStation gamers. Um, they never play and PlayStation gamers. You never deserved it. Let me tell you that. Golly yeah. gee, Willikers, console wars. Yeah, you guys algorithms and stuff. Shunned Tomb Raider after so right. many years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Let her go. Mm -hmm. Decided Laura Croft wasn't good enough for you. Created a man in place of her. Mm -hmm. I heard un that uncharted waters, as if. Men have, haven't done that before. Well, too bad. You know what? <laughs> Xbox is going to buy Crystal Dynamics. They're going to take Tomb Raider. They're going to make Tomb Raider first party. They're going to give Laura, uh, Laura Croft a platform to speak on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You guys can have your Aloy <laughs> sitting second banana to God of War Kratos. Get out of here. Poor Horizon. Like Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, man. I those know that game. Like, those are games so that... Good. They're they're great. I never they're not my I, I didn't enjoy them. I preferred the other Get out of here. Um, I like the infamous and a bunch of the other ones. But what I'm saying is like poor Horizon. Like first it was Breath of the Wild that that uh stole its thunder. And yeah. what stole its thunder the second time? Oh, Elden Ring. Elden yeah. Ring just stole its thunder there. You gotta feel it for those devs because they're just like, What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do we gotta Dude. do? I feel bad for Guerrilla Games because I I absolutely love the Horizon world, dude. Robot mm -hmm. dinosaurs, like that's that's trans Transformers to me. And then you're giving me like this this chick who can like see technology and stuff, and it's all AR and what. And I'm like, dude, that's that's cyberpunk as hell. Mm -hmm. And she's got a bow with a bunch of explosive arrows. Like who wouldn't like take control of robot dinosaurs? Like that's, yeah. that's all, like a perfect dream. <laughs> like why wouldn't I love that? Yep. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. But anyway. It is a shame. It is a shame. Glad to see that the ABK deals getting short up. 
Uh, really do think that Embracer bit off more than they can chew. I hope that those, I hope that the studios that end up like getting bought out go mm-hmm. to good homes uh, because yes. those devs do not need to be let go. There's too much of that going on right now. Mm-hmm. Hashtag save Darksiders. Yeah. So, uh, Logan, this is, this next one is, I think, very unique. And I'm going to ask you to, temper yourself because i know you're going to want to talk extensively (laughs) on this but instead i'm going to say as we bring up sea of thieves season 10 it's going to bring with it pve and a couple other things i want to point people to directly look towards keelhauled for some some like more in-depth coverage uh and definitely double dip if you don't double dip on keelhauled and xcp please go with xcp this week or uh keelhauled this week but season 10 has announced some really cool changes in that uh, guilds are coming up. They're going to have 24 players that can rally together. Uh, they've got a PVE server, asterisk comma maybe, uh, that I'd like you to elaborate on when the time comes. And it looks like we're getting a launch date of October 19th for Season 10. On last week's episode proper, Logan, I told you nobody's going to see of Thieves that isn't already there because of the crowded game release slate. Um does this news bring new people in or at least open up the option to bring new people in in a different way? Talk to me about season 10 and safer seas. So, okay. So first off, uh, season 10 is coming out October. Safer seas won't be out until December. So okay. Just to kind of clear that up. So folks aren't thinking like October is when you can jump into PVE. Uh, the, the, the caveat to safer seas is that it, it is technically PVE, it is not technically Sea of Thieves. Um, mm-hmm. You're getting what I consider a hefty demo. Uh, you're you don't have two. You don't have. I think there's three factions. There's two confirmed factions that are not going to be made available. Um, so Reapers and Athena are not going to be made available. Uh, World Vents are going to be available, but only certain ones. Um, all the Tall Tales are going to be there. So if you want to do the story of Sea of Thieves. All of the tall tales are going to be made available in Safer Seas. You can go and do that. Safer Seas is limited to four people, one crew, and it's just that one crew that's on the server. You earn 30% of the gold in reputation that you do compared to high seas, which is the normal mode. And you can only progress the original three factions, which is the gold hoarders, the order souls, and the merchant alliance. So the the, the pig people uh, or the, the, the animal crates people, uh, the skeleton destroying people and the digging up chess people the three original trade companies you can only get those up to level 40 each uh which means you cannot hit pirate legend to open up the athena's fortune stuff um in safer seas the goal of safer seas is to be a training ground for folks that have never played through sea of thieves or have and have been immediately sunk or lost hours of gameplay because they didn't know what to do. This is mm-hmm. training people how to play the game in a safer environment compared to when they actually move over to high seas to expand their their play styles. Is this a prelude to taking the game free to play, you think? No, this is a way to get Game Pass fans in without overburdening them with too many different things. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm curious to know if we see the community once this does come out in December. Uh, I'm curious to know if we'll see like established pirate veterans, uh, you know, 100 plus hour, multi 100 plus hour, 1000 plus hour 
ever using safer seas uh, in any way, shape or form. Cause like there are a few achievements I don't have. This might be yeah. a good place to go and do those or whatnot. Um, so I think that's a really nice thing to see. And I'm glad that Sea of Thieves is making this change. Um, I've long been an advocate for PVE yeah. in Sea of Thieves. Uh, and that's a very divisive conversation. Uh, but I like that this is something that's there for people. Now, Season 10 is coming October 19th. Do you anticipate uh, new players influxing for this? No. No, no, this is these are these are foundational quality of life changes that are coming to the game. It's not going to draw anyone in that I see that mm -hmm. are going to be that are outside of Sea of Thieves already. Um, gotcha. in, in safer seas, honestly, won't bring people to the game that weren't already in it. This will bring people in who gave up because uh, of the of, of some of the toxic seas that have been around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. Good to, good to know. Good info. And again, I'll direct people to Keelhauled that currently don't listen. I, I strongly recommend you guys check that one out if you want to know more. A um, couple other smaller stories. Forza has gone gold. Uh, I mentioned earlier that review copies are going out to some outlets uh, as early as now, depending on when you're listening. Um, but that to me bodes quite well and all, all signs point to the game being good. Do not know if XCP will be having uh, early coverage opportunities for that one. It's always... Uh, kind of up in the air, but we've had our fair share of wins lately, so I certainly won't be upset one way or the other. Um, and I'll point you towards our Discord. I know we have some racing fans in our Discord as well. Uh, Logan, we had some really good listener questions this week, and we had one from last week from Court Lalonde that I, I had on our list, but we just didn't have time for. Um, I want to go to Court's question from last week's episode that I, I didn't get to. Uh, he says, uh, and this is Court Lalonde from... Ugh, where is he from? Where is he at now? Is he still at? Because uh... he, he, <laughs> he added on. Of, he's part of Carpool Gaming still. I'm pretty sure. Like... Okay, but he jumped to like console creatures, I think, also. Yeah, yeah. He's writing for writing for them. Gotcha. Okay, well, congrats to him for that. Like, I know he's he's loving content creation. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's it's tough to keep track when Twitter's algorithms are so botched. It's hard yeah, to like really see is. updates from people. Oh, my God. Um, and goodness knows XCP is taking a hit from Twitter's algorithm and YouTube's algorithm lately. So, you know, cheers to, to Court for all good successes there. His question, with Crew Motorfest being heavily influenced by Forza Horizon and being good, should more developers take inspiration from other games? Uh, hard yes to this question. I think we already see that anyway. Uh, we see a lot of established franchises uh, iterate and implement things based on successful ip uh ubisoft i think is most easily spotted for this like crew motorfest is forza horizon in many ways um F immortals phoenix rising was very much breath of the wild in many ways i like when franchises or games do this because if an ip doesn't speak to me but the gameplay does then i can uh enjoy it more like i fell in love with the style of dark souls as as a byproduct of like Jedi Fallen Order and Darksiders 3's one of Darksiders 3's combat modes so yes I like when games take inspiration from others what about you yeah I think I think uh, Ubisoft does a really good job X Defiant is going to be a really good game it took a, a lot of influence from Call of Duty uh, I think Ubisoft I think third-party games in general um, have to do this because I think a lot of the trend setting comes from the first party design mm -hmm. you know you look at ea with uh immortals of avium a lot of influence from other titles there that went into that through its mm -hmm. own world uh and it, you know 
not everyone's going to hit with those. Uh, I think a lot of folks, you know, they'll, they'll take influences from other things, but you know, a lot of RPG elements from standard RPGs are finding their way into action adventure, adventure games, uh, and, and doing it well. Um, I, I'm fine with them taking influences as long as they're honest about it and they try to do something more with it than just, you know, steal the ability to climb on everything. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, when I saw like Genshin Impact being able to like climb every, every surface and then use a paraglider, I was like, okay, that's a little too on the nose. Uh, let's, let's try and like, in reinvent the wheel. If you're going to, if you're going to, you know, steal a, a thing directly from another game, try to make it your own instead mm. of, uh, instead of trying to do that. Like with, um, the crew, for example, yes, they're making it more horizon five like, but the DJing that comes from Forza Horizon Five is mm-hmm. replaced with uh, historical references to the history of of racing and car culture, and I appreciate that coming from someone who does not really like dive into that. Like learning about Liberty Walk and stuff was really cool. Or getting to hear more background on muscle cars and stuff lately has been really cool. And I'd much rather have that compared to the. Oh, you're doing so good there, Ryder. Let's let's get us to the next uh next thing. And I'm like, okay, DJ. Interesting. I'm the other way. I'm the yeah. other way. That's interesting. Huh. I've but seen yeah. more about other games that do this though, Logan. Like Starlink. Remember Starlink? Yeah. I love that game. I love that game. That's literally just taking uh taking Star Fox formula and like using inspiration from other games where you go around and, and map clear. But I love it. Like Mm-hmm. Um, another Ubisoft so, title too. Another one. That's a, and I noted that in my mind when I brought it up. I was like, "Huh, yeah. um, Ubisoft seems to nail it. They miss it just as often, but those are forgotten." You know? Yeah. Like what was the? There was the. It was the Ghost Recon game that John Bernthal was in. Um, uh, not Badlands. Um, not you're thinking of Wildlands. I liked Wildlands. Wildlands. Whatever it was, my, oh my point gosh. is like it doesn't yeah. always work. Right. It doesn't always work. They tried to do too much and make that game something it wasn't. It doesn't always work. And so it'll be really interesting to see another Ubisoft title like uh, Avatar. Does it work like that is Avatar in far, like with Far Cry? Does that work? It'll be really interesting to watch that. So, yeah. Good question from from Court. Uh, let's go to a question from Matt Reed. I really I really like Matt's question here. Shout out to Matt. I hope you're doing well, buddy. Um, he says, what makes a, a list of games? Let me rephrase. When you both make a list of game of the year candidates, what do you look for? Is it a genre, a type of gameplay, visual story? What makes a game rise to the level of potential for game of the year? Um, I have my answer on this one, Logan. Do you want time to think or do you want to answer first? Um, go for yours since you've already got yours ready because okay. uh, mine's a little tricky. Sure. So, so Matt, I used to really think a lot and really think hard about what game of the year was. What does it mean? Is it the best? What encompasses the best? Um, And as I've gotten older and XCP has become kind of more established and XCP has found its audience, I think for the most part, like we have a community, we discuss, they know me, they know Logan. Um, More and more, the game of the year conversation is less bothersome. And I find it to be like, hey, what did I have the most fun and take the most joy with? And then I look at like, okay, how will people receive that? If in a year where I played a ton of Avengers, that's not a game of the year candidate, something that felt intrinsically 
uh, noted like that couldn't be it in a year like this, where I have so many quality titles, it it's going to come down to what did I have a great experience with and how do I reflect on that experience? So Resident Evil 4 was amazing, but for some reason, despite my love for it, I'm thinking more about Dead Space when I think about my my great moments in survival horror this year. Uh, and so I lean to it. Um, I haven't had a chance to play Mortal Kombat yet, but when I think about my fighting game of the year, like I unequivocally have had a blast in Street Fighter 6. What did I have the most fun with and what made me feel the most uh, joy that I wanted to go back to? right that's how i tend to go to the game of the year right now at this point in my life where i'm at um i tend to focus less on things like frame rates or uh controls or or visuals it's no longer about that for me um it was at one point years ago it's not there for me anymore right now my game of the year is starfield i'm so excited for alan wake spider-man and avatar will i get caught off the off by call of duty by Phantom Liberty. Um, I feel like they're, oh, Sonic Superstars. I love Sonic. You know, so I I just don't know, but I never would have expected to love the Crew Motorfest. I never would have expected to love Starfield. So what do I take the most joy in is my current argument for Game of the Year. Logan, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that, honestly. Like, I, I really think about the games that I enjoyed the most when it comes to Game of the Year because it's it's tough for me to be able to play everything. It's tough for me to be able to have a fair approach to everything. Like, Sea of Stars is an amazing game. I haven't played it, but I know it's an amazing game based on what everyone said about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't see myself really jumping into that. So should I put that in Game of the Year because I haven't played it, but I know other people love it? Mm-hmm. probably not so it's going to be based off of what i played uh it's going to be based off of my tastes it's going to be based off of how i felt about it overall uh but also how it launched um you know a lot of games in the beginning of the year tend to favor the end of the year conversation because they've had more patches you know like i don't know how many patches starfield's going to get before game of the year discussions but the state that it launches in Uh, I think is important to discuss because that's when people are going to make that choice on whether or not they're going to pick it up day one or not. Um, So like, for example, cyberpunk is an amazing thing. I think everyone should go and get it. But at the same time, I also recognize that I see a lot of frame rate hitches. I still see like weird AI behavior. I still see, you know, things that, that I'm like, uh, you know, with a 2.0, this stuff should have been polished out. Uh, because they didn't have to launch it at any particular time. But I can't deny how I felt at the end of that story. And it was it was really, really exceptional. It was moving. So I I think it really does come down to what I played, how I felt about it, and did it launch in a state that I I think people should have invested time in. Good stuff. I'm with it. I, th- I yeah. think uh, the older we get, the more we go into that camp. Um, but Matt's question also is like, Hey guys, what do you think? Like, I always love when people in, in our discord talk about what they enjoy and Ellery's game of the year, their game of the year is gonna be so different than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Butch's game will be very different than mine. Uh, Rick Gaffney's very different than mine. Um, you know, like Gotham Knights was a game I really enjoyed, you know, and I'm I saw to, a lot come of to game pass coming to game pass in right. October. Yeah. 
<laughs> I will encourage everybody that's a Batman fan to check that game out. Will it be your game of the year? I don't know, but I hear a lot of people enjoying it now that it doesn't have to be something that it's not. Um, and so your game of the year is what you have the most fun with, I think. Yeah, it's it's hard to know like where game of the year ends and where it, like game of the year really does kind of it, it's it's made up of what you want it to make it up. But I think if you were to have that discussion, the best mm -hmm. thing you can do is kind of lay out what your what your categories are like from the start. So if you go into a game of the year discussion and it's just what you played and what you had fun with, mm -hmm. um, then you want to let people know ahead of time, like, hey, we're not talking about just the games that came out this year. We may be talking about games that came out last year or something like that. You know, try and right. try and be as clear about that as possible. It does make it all that much harder when you'd see uh, the, the like the Keeleys, like how many people on that panel had time to put into Starfield or had a seven out of 10 experience because they just didn't get that unique moment that other people got, right? How many people are going to play Alan Wake and skip Star uh, Spider-Man for their game of the year voting, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, game of the year discussions should be, I think, either if you, either you partake in them or you listen as a as an enjoyable observer, but never get upset over because it's just too big a area to play everything and be informed on everything. Yeah. So. Uh, this question comes from Jam Pack Sam. Uh, shout out to him. His he's just such an awesome dude. He says, "How much do you think Xbox's strategy has shifted in comparison to the leaked timeline or documents? Going all in on digital, focusing on the power of the cloud, and and more seem forward thinking. But do you still think uh, that's what they're focusing on for the next ten years? So uh, I think they are focusing on IP and games more now than they have been. Even maybe when they were making this deck in 2022, hardware is a huge part of their strategy. Access to screens." is another part of their strategy. But one thing is clear is that Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5 were good upticks for the Xbox brand, and they saw benefits from releasing the, releasing those games. They saw downtrodden kick, kickdowns in 2022 when they didn't have those level games. We saw that in an email literally from Phil Spencer saying, hey, this is disastrous for us, even when they had good ongoing content with Sea of Thieves, Grounded, etc. To see the uptick from uh, of, of news from hi-fi rush and to see the uptick in actual sales boxed sales for a game like starfield that just hit 10 million players despite being on game pass uh seeing the uptick in sales from that they realize how important software is to their model um, and i think we know from the zenimax release schedule that was created pre-covid there are a lot of things in the pipeline like an oblivion remaster uh, that we haven't heard a thing about officially. What's going to happen with something like that? The size of a project like that? What's going to happen to Elder Scrolls 6? Uh, apart from ripping it out of the hands of PlayStation gamers that already that thought they had it, right? They had their pre-order money down. <laughs> um, I think as they work with all digital going forward, that content becomes king uh, uh, yet again in a time where maybe it wasn't king because they had to fix so many other hardware problems in the Xbox One generation. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff's still intact, Sam. I think the timelines aren't there quite the same way, but the, the intentions and uh, the timeline is intact. They just know that they have to have event-level games. Event-level games are important to getting people into your ecosystem. Starfield, Forza, Hellblade, those are event-level games. Towerborn is not. 
even if it's good. Hi-Fi Rush is not, even if it's good. So I think event-level games are, are key going forward. Yeah. Yeah, the the interesting thing here is is we're looking at a uh, we're looking at a different universe before co- that didn't have covid right like if we didn't have two years ripped away from the studios to have full focus on building out the games that they were working on the timeline is completely skewed it's a it's an interesting snapshot to look at this and think this is what life would have been like pr- without covid and the zenimax stuff not the hardware deck i yeah yeah technically technically yeah um we don't know we're we're only getting like one side of the coin unfortunately like we know what zenimax's future was as far as software but we don't know what xbox's was like we we there's still a lot of questions as far as like when games are launching that we just don't know because of the leaks uh or even with the leaks i should say the hardware i think is reassuring I think they've always wanted to focus on hardware. I think hardware has always still been a core, a central part of Xbox's uh, DNA. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that they want to continue down that road. Um, I think the focus on going in all digital is an inevitability that I don't, that I hope that legislation prepares consumers to have protections for. Um and that the focusing on on cloud thing, I think that that was always a, a gateway. And, and we're seeing that with the ABK deal, getting King, having access to that, to that culture, having access to that, that spread of, of content. Like, I would not be surprised if, uh, you know, Clash of Clans or, or Candy Crush, things like, like you don't start seeing Game Pass ads or Game Pass perks pop up for those games once the deal goes through. Mm-hmm. to try and justify like buying a game pass subscription um i i think that they've always been on the forefront of trying to push the industry in a direction that they see it going and i think that that other companies will continue to double down on AAA games on the disc on the hardware like for the for the the, the rest of time uh unless there's a, an upset in the industry like game pass was um so i i see this being the exact same thing that they have been trying to do i think the difference now is, is that two years removed from covid's lockdown uh we're finally seeing the fruit that was planned for 2021 and 2022 coming in 2023 and 2024 yep yep and i think a lot of that stuff's further along and yet staying unannounced which makes sense because like if they do announce the oblivion remake or remaster depending on which one it is um you want a shorter discussion window you don't want eight months where people are nitpicking what it could be and stuff like no not if it's because it's not a starfield level event but it is big like you need to have have those moments and a a studio release schedule that's trying to have four triple a's a year you use that in your quieter of your three or quieter of your four i should say um so maybe that's 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 what we're talking about <clears throat> yeah i hope that made sense um butch 4969 asked us a great question that i'm going to sit on for next week um i love it maybe we'll even use it for an xbox wrap-up logan where we create the official xep video game designing that would be fun um but let's definitely hold on to that one because uh, i dig it i dig it i'm just gonna keep it for next week nice 
for now, Logan, uh, I am anxious to edit this bad boy and go get back to playing some video games. Uh, would you let people know where they can find you on the socials? Yeah, uh, just over on social media at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N, um, mostly on X until they start charging for it. Otherwise, just find me in the Patreon Discord or uh, for Keelhauled. Um, sea of Thieves, just search Sea of Thieves podcast. You'll find mine Keelhauled there. Uh, Going to be having more in-depth conversations with my patrons uh, about Season 10, Safer Seas, High Seas, Guilds, uh, the the Song of Sirens or Skull of Siren songs, uh, the PvP voyage that's coming, all of that this week and in the following weeks. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, listeners, you can find me on uh, Twitter and threads uh, and all your socials at Insipid Ghost. Uh, and of course, you can find XCP on all your plat- podcast platforms of choice. If you're still listening and you haven't checked out our leak episode over on YouTube, please do so. Uh, got some good stuff coming uh, down the pipeline. It's just a little delayed because I'm a busy guy right now. That's all. Uh, but we appreciate all of you. Remember to support XCP on Patreon because you're supporting Extra Life on Patreon for the month of September. And I take no offense if you want to up and then cancel later. Um, right now, I'm donating $158 as a courtesy of, of XCP. And if I can get that to 175 I would love you guys uh, tremendously so. So that's going to be it for us, Logan. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Take care. Thank you.